Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. We got to be better when it comes to the runs we actually call in the game. Um, that's kind of starts with that, having some opportunities to be efficient. Uh, think about the run game in times as far as delivering body blows in a boxing match. So it might be two, it might be four, it might be five, but being consistent with that. But also more importantly, uh, we got to cut out nine penalties offensively when it comes to putting us up behind the sticks. As I mentioned last week, those G-Boss scenarios, those get-back-on-track situations, that makes it more difficult to stay on track and call some of those runs. You're trying to play catch-up within the down. So I think a combination of both of those things plus our commitment to it, but it's, it's about our execution starting out with uh, from the start of the game. Thomas Brown, he's 100% right on both fronts. We lead the league in penalties, not in a good way, in terms of committing the most. And we also on offense have committed the most penalties. It needs to stop. We're not good at there's not we're not the Chiefs, we're not the Dolphins, we're not the type of offense that can overcome going backwards five yards constantly, right? Um, and then also with the running game, it's like you gotta keep committing to it, man. You're in these games for a while at the very least. And they've got to try to run, Bone, as we get ready to talk Panthers-Vikings and ask the question, does anybody in this beautiful city think we are winning a football game this week? Or have we gotten to the point where literally every Panther fan is like, I don't care if they're 0-3, I don't care if their defense is terrible, we ain't winning. Um, Minnesota's uh, not penalized a lot. They're they're tied for third least penalties. Yeah. Right now we're second because Green Bay passed us last night, but... Yeah, in terms of you know teams that have played three games, we are top of the list. Yeah. Minnesota's uh, near the bottom there. Yeah, we've been horrible, and obviously the false starts, eight of them doesn't help. Um, I, Despite y'all's attempts at comedy, where you say there'll be so many Vikings fans again at this game that we will f- uh, have false starts, I'm not. I'm, I'll give you a hearty har, but I, I, I don't, don't. I'm not buying that. Look, <laughs> man, we we know the fan bases that take over. We know which ones they are. I, that was a surprise. Still, how did they do that to us? And, and are they, are they going again? to be traveling and invested when their team started to trade off some parts in the off season? They're not as good as last year. Their quarterback's a free agent. Are they going to be as invested in their team to travel, or am I underestimating? Uh, the Vikings fans. I don't know. I, I have questions about them. Well, you would figure though they probably again. I don't. Here's the thing. I can't. They just pro- wandered in. They were like I said. They were literally that's, nomads. That's the thing. They just wandered in from nowhere. Y'all remember this? It was two years ago, or is it three? Two years ago. Two years ago when the overtime game, right? We lose in overtime. Osborne, KJ Osborne won the game. Yeah. Oh, we blew a lead, right? Yeah, yeah. We had a lead and yeah. blew it. So here's the thing. Where did they come from, and why were they here? Like, are they? All from Minnesota, and like the guy said from Minnesota yesterday, we like traveling to these games in the southeast and stuff in warmer places because it's already freaking cold up there. Because if that's the case, they already bought their tickets, right? 
Like when they thought they were going to be good in the offseason, they already bought their tickets. So they're still going to come. Or is it people around here that like the Vikings? But there's not that many people well, around here like the Vikings. Hardcore Panther fan Nick from Belmont, who claims he's a fan, but also a Cowboy fan, says he sold his tickets to Vikings fans. Of right. course he did. So those those are because he's the lamest. Those, those are the ass oh. clowns that have to go away. But that's another thing. If too. that's true that he did that, I don't know. This but. texter says, Mac, don't you think fans are already in selling ticket modes? But do Viking? Do we have enough Vikings fans around here to buy them though? Like on the spot? Or I mean, like on the week of? JJ says Minis- Wells Fargo has a big base in Minnesota, so a ton of people from Minnesota uh, recently have moved here. Okay, so are we starting to get transplants from Minnesota? Dang. Why wouldn't you want to stay up there in those nice winters? <laughs> yeah, I don't begrudge any of y'all for making that move down here. Um, well, hey, I do have those delicious. Uh, Juicy Lucy Burger. Yeah, yeah, you love oh those. You my. love those. You got the cheese right. between the patties. Let's, oh my God. Please, cheese, just, cheese just squirts right it's out of there. It's the second home. Settle down over there, man. Sorry, was, <laughs> it's the I'm sec- a Juicy Lucy man. It's the second home game of the season. Please don't bail yet, man. Please. It's Bryce's second game. It's a horrible defense. Come on, y'all. All right, anyway. I want let's- wet. I want juicy. That's what you say when you order a Juicy Lucy right there. They are unbelievable So let's talk about the game, Bone. I was going to say, in regards to Thomas Brown's point, we played the clip from him earlier. Um, Let's get more people involved in the run game. I'm not saying Miles Sanders is a total bust signing or anything. I have been disappointed. But let's make it so that there's change of paces. Use Chuba. Use Chenault more in the run game. And Bryce, you know what? Let's see five Bryce runs. You know what I mean? We don't need to do, you know, design zone reads like he's Cam or anything. But Bryce, take off, man. You know what I mean? If it's there, go ahead and take it off. You, you're, you're not, he's a nice little scurrier. You know what I mean? He yeah. scurries. You know? It's not like he's Lamar and he's not Cam or Josh Allen. But, like, when the area's there and he'll put a little juke like he did against the Saints. So I'd like to see him look. When the, when, when the runs are there, go ahead and take off. Don't try to force a pass downfield. So. You have to. I don't think. I, you and I can differ on the number. I don't think they're going to be able to slow down Justin Jefferson. It's just a matter of. Does he get that 150 that he's basically got all three games? Does he go above that? To me, it's the other guys that can't also add on and hurt you. Addison, Osborne, Big Hawk at tight end. Those are the guys. Jefferson's going to do what he does. You, you got, don't think they could keep Jefferson by uh, around 100 by doubling him the whole game? You, you think and the they, other guys you, have single coverage? You honestly think they can keep Jefferson to 100 yards receiving? Nobody else does. Philadelphia's got a great secondary. But last, got year, I gave you, last year he was under 100 like I, eight what, times. What about what he just did to Philadelphia? He had 159 against that secondary. But how did they How did they, did they trust their corners to man up? I don't know how and they did. There's you know, no J.C. Horn game. in there. Uh, that's, look, I hope you're right. And you often, uh, 24% of the time, you are correct. But <laughs> I, I hope you're right. But without J.C. Horn in there and the way he gets – he gets the same amount of targets every game. Like they know exactly. It's 11, 12, or 13. It's the same yards. He's 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 unstoppable, basically. Here's the problem about this game. Because I said earlier how much I'm jonesing to pick the Panthers in this game, even though last week I said I'm not picking the Panthers again until they win. The Vikings, the turnovers, the red zone, they don't convert in the red zone well. They're, they're outside the top 20 in red zone, uh, you know, touchdown percentage. So I feel like the defense, you know, could they force a couple turnovers? Could but they, they have to force them out? Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, is we haven't been good at forcing and them. Cam We're Akers, down three starters. Cam Akers is going to run the football now for the Vikings. And, you know, he's not the fumble problem for them. He's new. The offense, on the other hand, is going against a defense that just blitzes so mindlessly and does not have the cover guys to man up on the back end. 
I think it'll be the best Bryce offensive game. I just don't think I can pick us to win, Bone. I don't think I can do it. I don't know why. Like, I'm, I'm so close to panthering up. And then it's just, I remember what I've seen this season. I just, I don't know, man. I think we score more with Bryce than we ever have. I think the game is, I think it's like 30 to 24, but I think we lose. I think it's thirty. Uh, I think it's thirty-four thirty. Minnesota. They play a lot of similar games. They don't defend well. They turn it over. They do turn it over. But their offense is going to be their game in game out. I think the Panthers' offense. I think the the storyline on Monday is Panthers are zero and four. But we're going to focus on the offensive strides that they appear to make in this game. I just don't trust the defensive guys that are out there. No Shack Horns out. Woods is out. It's not an ideal matchup against that passing game. They're desperate, too, don't forget. I think Minnesota wins. Bless you, Flounder. I think Minnesota wins 34-30. I say 30-24. to 24. Okay. Um, I can't go there. I want to go there, man. But you know what, Panthers? Show, okay up and ma- show up and make me look like a fool. Make us look like fools for doubting you. But I just I don't know if Bryce and this offense are ready yet to win a game that's a shootout-type game. And, you know it, will, I mean? and it will I be. Think, I think Bryce will make more plays than he has. I think he will look improved. I think the defense will help. The Minnesota defense will help us. You're right. It doesn't help. We're missing three defensive starters. I think we can win this game. I just, I can't go there, man. I cannot go well, there. They and I hate won. it. Because our pep talker is going to come on and scream at us for not picking them, man. They could have won all three games already. They were in all three games. They it's were. It's not like they were they getting were. blown out of there. All 10 people, NFL Network, picked the Vikings to win this I game. know. No one's going to pick us. Now, what about the texters? Are fans, are any fans picking us in Charlotte, or is this an offer across the whole city? Uh, uh, 4-Mill-Niner says, F it, Mac. Go full homer. Niners will win and the Panthers will win. I picked against both Charlotte and the Panthers. Uh, let's see here. Mac, Mac about to curse us again. No, I'm trying. I mean, hopefully the curse is on the Vikings, but that didn't work last week. I, I'm trying something different. I'm picking the other team this week. I'm over three this year. Just let me have this one. All right. I'm, 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 I'm tired of getting blamed. No one gets blamed for more losses than I do around. Here. Oh, that's right. <laughs> really? Hey, Mac, hey, Mac, this dude says JJ's gone for 250 yards. That's the thing. You can't let him Not go. Not JJ full. Jansen. That'd be weird. Uh, just, no, Justin. That would be big, wouldn't it? What if they, they move JJ to tight end? Oh, just, 250 yards? Just, uh, just an old school fullback offense. <laughs> no, they're talking about Justin Jefferson. I said earlier, don't go full. Don't let him go Julio on you. Don't let him completely beat you by himself. We've got to limit the big plays. That's the thing. We've got to, to make them incrementally move it down the field, and then maybe they turn it over. I have to be honest. I'm not sure one person on this text line picked the Panthers. We got two that just came in here Did right they? at the end. Okay. Well, God bless y'all. Bradley uh, shooting blanks. Our guy shooting blanks. Panthers by seven. And then we have, oh, no, this guy's Panther Adams has Lock City Vikings win. We have We have my guy. Macker, who's your guy? Who I will be hanging out with on Sunday to watch the Panthers game as well as the Talladega race. Are you wearing that tank? Brad. <laughs> you wearing that tank? He's got to. Yeah, so 100%. 100%. Uh, Miguel says. NASCAR what? Brad goes Panthers? NASCAR Brad got okay. the Panthers 28-27, Miguel baby. from Charlotte says, what if the black bar of soap that Mac used in the shower washed off the curse? He's got to use it every week now. Uh, <laughs> I, I got to find it, though. I think it got lost like Charles Barkley's bar of soap. No. Did. I think it got lost. No. no, I'm kidding. He lost that in. Oh, yeah. He lost that. He lost that in the old crevice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's an interesting request. Why did we I say that like I'm Keith Jackson? Oh, he lost it in the old crevice. How about this guy? Thurs by yeah, 30. Yeah. Thurs by 30. You know what? Maybe we stop saying Thurs. 
Maybe if we start calling him that cool name of Thurs again, Bone, maybe they'll start winning again. Yeah, I'd rather punch myself in the face. <laughs> Vikings by 33 or something here? Anyway, I don't know. I'm not picking y'all. Prove me wrong. Go out there and get a win because these next two weeks look dangerous, man. The freaking Lions looked great last night. Um, you know who looked great last And then the Dolphins, obviously. You know who looked great last night? The guy that refused to interview with Big Tap, Brian. Um, ben Johnson, right? Yes. Coordinator. That first half... What looked like an offensive coordinator clinic he was putting yeah, on. Yeah, because they didn't love what he was doing the first couple of weeks. I was watching some Lions tweets coming through Ooh. from media. Ben he was Johnson, his, didn't, they didn't love We now got to go to our, his bag. We got to go Here, to our guest, Pepper, Here right? it is, baby. And I want the world to know that Bone did not want this man back. Bone tried to stop this. I didn't say that. But it's happening, baby. This is the man that was on the mic. Pumping us up, hyping us up. When Steve Wilkes was getting wins for us last year, five out of final eight, he is back after a hiatus. Sirloin of beef. Pump us up. Tell us why we're wrong, baby. We win in this game, beef. Woo! Yesterday. Is really? this true beef? Corporate beef? What do you do? Yell like this? True story. Little little brought to year in wrap up thing. And we had to get pumped up for next year because we're gonna we're gonna knock them down and show it, baby. We're gonna we're coming after them next year. We're gonna be number one in the town. There you go. So yeah, we had a little we had a little pep talk yesterday. <laughs> we're gonna get after it, baby. So we're gonna come at you full more. All the way. We're coming from the top rope. And we're going to elbow smash everybody <laughs> in this town. <laughs> Woo! Woo! All right. Beef, you the man. I hope you're right, baby. I hope you're right. There you go. Sir Loin of Beef, beef baby. Sir Loin of beef. beef. Beef wrapped up the corporate year before October. <laughs> Can you uh, believe? Well, I think you got to start working on that uh, last quarter, quarter year, yeah, don't you? Yeah, I'm not in that world. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I guess. we just come on here and act like idiots. We, we just don't have, actually run we stuff. We just say, hey, Mr. Rooker, are we allowed back for next year? <laughs> By the way. He says, we'll meet about it later. How would you receive it if you are, if, if like, let's say Beef worked here? 
and we all do a meeting and he starts screaming like that. Like, would you think this is cool or would you be like, this is this is ridiculous? Can, does he have conversations <laughs> where he's not doing that? Though? Like, you tried to like, can I say this, though? Remember I doubted him? He, he picked Duke to beat Clemson by 21 points. There you go. Remember, he picked Carolina to beat South Carolina by yeah. double beef digits. Beef, beef has this magical ability deep in his deep in his in his sirloins. He does. To pull out these, these numbers. It. By the way, way too many sirloin of beef haters out there. Oh, that's embarrassing. Calling him a knockoff Ric Flair, fake-ass Ric Flair. Oh, that's sirloin hater. The guy literally named himself sirloin hater. Too many haters. Yeah, that's what you know what beef is wooed in your head. Yeah, oh, totally. He is wooing rent-free in that man's head. You ain't, you ain't got haters. You ain't popping, no baby. You know what I'm saying? What I've always said. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. Ellis Williams, formerly of the Charlotte Observer, now of Vikings.com, joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. As always, you can follow him at Book of Ellis on Twitter. Ellis, it's good to hear from you, man. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, man. This is surreal. A year ago, we were doing these every Friday. Uh, and now we're back for one more, man. How y'all been? Oh, we're doing well. I do want to ask you this. The last time we talked to you, you were watching film while simultaneously being interviewed. You were doing it at the same time. I have to ask, are you watching tape as we conduct this interview right now? <laughs> you know, I, I'm actually not. The tape has been put on hold. That's more of a, uh, you know, I keep the same routine. It's more of a Tuesday, Wednesday type of thing. So uh, now with it being Friday, um, it's, it's just hit after hit, man. You know, I got, I got a couple uh, phone calls I'm going to take after this one. You know me. All right, there you go. I, I didn't know if you were, to, were going to adopt the Kirk Cousins schedule that we all learned about in the quarterback series on Netflix. You know, Tuesdays, I believe, are reserved for the family. I didn't know, but you're a working man. You don't take Tuesdays and Wednesdays off, and we appreciate that about you. It's Ellis Williams joining us, talking about the Vikings-Panthers matchup. So as you do start to review the tape there, Ellis, what have you seen from the Vikings as to why they're 0-3, but still putting up a lot of offensive numbers? Yeah, you know what? The, you don't even need to watch the tape to understand what's going on with Minnesota. Uh, it's turnovers. It, it, it's that simple. This team has had uh, six turnovers in three games just inside the red zone. Um, so, you know, you, you do the quick math there. You are leaving plenty of points on the board. Uh, the, despite being 0-3, they only have a minus nine point differential, which is better than a handful of two and one teams. So, you know, how this league is right. It, it's a, it's a bounce here. It's a possession here. Uh, and the Vikings have been on the, the tough end of just some, some randomness, but you know, also some just technique errors and, and all that coach speak that actually applies. So, um, again, the, the numbers tell you what the film is showing you. This is an explosive offense that is going to be able to stretch the field, get it to Justin Jefferson, rookie Jordan Addison, uh, and then defensively they're going to uh, attack the quarterback and force uh, the quarterback to get the ball out quickly and into the playmaker's hands, which they were able to do against the Chargers 
but this is Brian Flores. You know, he comes with a different game plan each week. Uh, so despite being 0-3, there's a lot to like and from a Carolina standpoint – be concerned about uh, from the Vikings standpoint. Yeah, Allison, so when you look at this Vikings team, there's always some teams that start the year very poor and then they turn things around. With them being so explosive offensively, do you feel like that Minnesota could try to use a game like this to jumpstart their season and could end up reversing their fortunes? Yeah, very much so. And you know what? Coming from the NFC South the, the past two seasons covering it, has uh, kind of helped me understand the temperature of the NFC North now. You know, if you were to ask how many wins do you think it's going to take to win the North, you'd probably land at that 8-9 and nine spot probably with how people are talking about the South, right? So, you know, a slow start is something that all these NFC teams are going to be able to dig themselves out of as long as you've got the horses, the scheme, and the schedule to do so. So I think this is a get right spot for Minnesota and obviously not a game they're overlooking by any means because both clubs are 0-3. Do you feel like that this Minnesota defense as bad as they've been this year they're 26 in points allowed and so do you feel like that we've talked about here in Carolina how against this Minnesota defense this could be a game for the Panthers to be able to uh, continue to get better on offense do you feel like that this Vikings defense is looking at this offense as a chance to kind of turn the perception about them yeah I think both teams have a chance to get right here right but I mean, assuming this thing doesn't become a tie, which I guess never say never, Mm. um, you're going to get a a Vikings defense that is going to keep what we just found out being Bryce Young and play caller Frank Reich guessing. Uh, We we talked to the Vikings coordinators yesterday, and and nothing but respect for Frank Reich throughout this building, uh, but just in my ability to watch the Panthers tape and, and of course, talking uh, with some people still in Carolina, it sounds like the Panthers are, are, are trying to figure out what exactly they do best offensively. That means you can probably assume that the Vikings defense is going to have a plan, as they have all week, preparing for both Dalton and Young, meaning you're going to get a diverse uh, call sheet, if you will, from Brian Flores is what I'm anticipating. Well, Ellis, I do want to hear what your opinion is so far from Brian Flores. But what about the fans' reaction? Because you are going to have a lot of blitzing. That's what Brian Flores has done so far with Minnesota, and it will result in some pressure. But also it leaves them susceptible to the big plays downfield. So what are the early returns, the opinions uh, surrounding Brian Flores to the first three games? Yeah, I think people in Minnesota are, are excited. You know, the, the, you're, the this team has faced both Jalen Hurts and, and Justin Herbert, and Justin Herbert put on an absolute clinic uh, last week in, in Minnesota. But there were plays that the Vikings defense uh, could have made that, that would have really swung it. There was an interception that just was kind of a weird bounce that uh, the, the secondary wishes they could have back. And that's really the high-risk, high-reward uh proposition you put yourself in with a heavy blitz rate like that. So I think Brian Flores has been as advertised um, and this defense, much like the rest of the league with any team with new coordinators is going to find a, a groove here. Um, you know, once they find out what, what they're best at and the, the personnel that they want out there, because another thing with Brian Flores is he, he's very multiple, right? So you're going to go from a, you're going to see different fronts. You're going to see two safeties, three safeties, two linebackers. Uh, there's a lot of uh, rolling in going out with this, this Vikings defense. Uh, and the goal, of course, is just to create confusion and, and cause chaos, right? 
Former Charlotte Observer, writer, Ellis Williams of Vikings.com now joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Follow him on Twitter, at Book of Ellis. We were trying to figure this out, Ellis. Maybe you can help us. Where do the Panthers have the biggest advantage in this game on Sunday? It's a really good question. I think that Carolina is going to be able to neutralize or at least hold Pat on the edges, meaning that this Vikings edge rushing unit uh, has got one clear horse in it being Daniil Hunter. Uh, but Marcus Davenport, who signed here in Minnesota on a one-year deal, has not been able to get healthy yet. There's a chance he's available. Um, but he's just not been a guy that they've been able to activate and use to, you know, how you would anticipate signing somebody. So, um, obviously, Carolina's got those two bookend tackles who, you know, false starts aside and, you know, some stuff that I've, I've seen from Icky. You, you know what you're getting from those two. Um, but, you know, that means where there's an advantage in one area, you're, you're going to counter in another spot. So, by no means do I think it's uh, a game-changing advantage uh, but, you know, the Vikings have not been able to find that other edge rusher quite yet. Yeah, and so I was going to ask that leads into my question. They're tied for 21st in sacks. They've only got six on the year, but with their M.O. being uh, a blitzing unit, what do you see as the issues as to where they're not being able to capitalize on all of those blitzes? Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I think it's a lot of this comes down to uh, the the quarterbacks they faced. Again, uh, you're not often going to hear Baker Mayfield in the same category as Jalen Hurts and, and Justin Herbert, but all three of those teams have been successful at getting the ball out quickly. And again, Justin Herbert going 41 of 46 uh, last week being the, the cream of the crop there. Uh, but, you know, the one thing that those three quarterbacks have on now the Panthers starting quarterback is experience. So, you know, this is going to be a challenge for Bryce Young, just like every week in the NFL is in this league. And if Bryce is able to come out and put on a Justin Herbert like performance, then everyone in Carolina is going to be quite happy. Right. But they're without a question, like everyone in this league has been doing, um, they're going to challenge Bryce Young. They're going to, they're going to throw a lot at him. Um, and it's going to be come down to if he can get the ball out uh, to guys like Adam Thielen, longtime Viking. Justin Jefferson is averaging 152.7 yards per game. I mean, this is a start that we just haven't seen really ever. And so when you look at how defenses are approaching him, for one, do you feel like Carolina has any chance of slowing him down? But what do you see that teams are trying to do to him that's just been unsuccessful and him just being so dominant? Yeah, man, I'm going to keep it a buck with y'all, as I always do. There's just not much you can do when it comes to containing Justin Jefferson. He has uh, taken route running and, and the full tree and, and concepts and hesitation moves and his breaks to a next level. Um, the way that Steph Curry has changed basketball, I am confident that Justin Jefferson is changing how receivers play the position. Uh, you know, kind of building off what Devonta Adams has, has done uh, to the position, watching Justin here all at training camp, uh, it, it's just mesmerizing. And then it really doesn't matter. You can stack one in front of him and one over the top of him. Um, he's going to find ways to, to wiggle himself open. And then a large part of this is Kirk Cousins' absolute belief in Justin Jefferson. Uh, he doesn't need to be open or see it open for Kirk to put the ball where he anticipates Justin going. So that's a long way of saying Justin's going to get his. 
Now, there's a big difference between 150 yards, which is what he's averaging and leading the league with, and Justin having like a 200-yard day, right? I think that Carolina would be uh, happy keeping him at around his average, which which is saying a lot. But there's, there's really just no uh, – slowing down Justin Jefferson, and which is a large reason why this Vikings team is not an 0-3 team despite the record saying so. I think there are a lot of people out there that just don't want to repeat Julio Jones against Ben Aben Wickery performance where Julio went for three bills. I think anything under three bills for Justin Jefferson <laughs> fans are going to take here in uh, the city of Charlotte. Alright, Ellis, final question. Look, man, I want to know how much you miss us up there in Minnesota. Biggest difference between Charlotte and Minneapolis as you see it? Well, since this is broadcasting in Charlotte, I feel it's safe saying this. It's the food, man. There's, I, I just, I just miss that Southern barbecue. I miss every, every spot taking pride in, in what they're putting in front of your, on your table, uh, whether it was a, a dive bar or sitting up there at Fahrenheit. Uh, it was always a good meal when you sat down in Charlotte. Uh, that's the first thing I'll do when I land. I'm, I'm, I'm headed to uh, one of the many restaurants I miss, so I can't wait to see y'all. Well, what's it going to be, Ellis? I wanted to ask what restaurant it'll be. Ooh, man, I, I got it. Yeah. I already name dropped it. I got it. I got a slide by Fahrenheit. Uh, that play, you know, you got to get the Instagram photo with the. Got to get the cover photo ready. Absolutely. Come on, man. If I don't post it on my story, it never happened, right? <laughs> 100%. That's Ellis Williams. And uh, speaking of uh, a story, you can find him on Twitter at the book of Ellis right there, uh, writing for the Minnesota Vikings on Vikings.com. Going to be coming home. Going to be coming back, at least, to the city of Charlotte, covering this game between the Panthers and the Vikings. Ellis, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. You are the best. Thanks, Ellis. Two bucks up, Fitty. Much love. No doubt. Uh, shouting out the ball. Oh, that, that's how you know Fiddy's going to be excited. Ellis Williams, that is Fiddy's boy. Like, I'm telling you, Ellis <laughs> loves, uh, or excuse me, Fiddy loves himself some Ellis Williams. So glad that we could bring him on in order to preview this game. Any things that, uh, any main takeaways from you on this interview? Anything that he had to say? Well, just the fact, too, that he said it's virtually nothing you can st- do to stop Justin Jefferson. We kind of knew that, though, you right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you feel that way and you feel like this. Maybe some schemes or are you going to try to just double him? Because, you know, the old basketball approach, let the superstar get his, try to take away everybody else or vice versa, try to double the star and make sure that he doesn't get off. And so it's going to be interesting to see how Carolina will do it. I would imagine it's going to be with multiple uh, types of looks for him. But with the Panthers, especially being down at J.C. Horn, how are they going to approach uh, guarding Justin Jefferson, man, because this is the guy that's taking over football games at the receiving position. I mean, 152 yards per game. There's no reason for you to think that he won't be able to get that. And then just interesting him talking about how this defense blitzes so much but don't necessarily get home. And so that's going to be fun to watch with Bryce as far as this is a team that doesn't sack the quarterback at a high rate. But if they blitz a lot, how much is that going to bother him as well? Because not to think that he'll see ghosts, but is this going to bother him to where it's almost as good as the sack, some of the things that they'll be able to do with pressure? Yeah, it's it's crazy just how easy Justin Jefferson has been able to accumulate 150 yards a game. 150, 159, 149. Those are the posts. Not too much more, not too much less at all. You're sitting there right at that 150 range. Only one touchdown so far, but 150 yards on about 10 receptions per game that'll do it that shows you (laughs) that you just might be the number one wide receiver in all of the nfl i did want to go to our why here west we were going through the game day dubs we got through the who what where when let's get to the final question the why why do you think bryce young 
will erase the doubt against Minnesota. If that is the story after the game, hey, Bryce Young, we're feeling good about him. Doesn't matter what C.J. Stroud does this weekend. After a strong three starts, we're now feeling good about Bryce Young. Why will he erase the doubt? Because he will come out and have a game similar to what Andy Dalton did as far as being able to exploit a bad defense. This is a Minnesota defense all across the board that you should be able to handle your defense with. They're 27th in points allowed at 19th in rushing yards allowed. Uh, 12th in rushing yards per attempt, uh, tied for 25th in passing net yards per game. So everything is there for you to be able to uh, dominate this defense. They're 19th and third down efficiency. So uh, the recipe is there for Bryce Young to come out and have what could be his best NFL game uh, of the season. So when Minnesota blitzes, it looks like there's really one player you need to worry about, mm-hmm. and that's the rookie. The linebacker, Ivan Pace, if you look at him in 32 pass rushing snap counts, this is someone that has been able to get after the quarterback. Everybody else, you feel decent enough about blocking. A little different when Icky struggled as much as he has. Right, with this offensive line, can't ever yeah, be too short. Right, I mean, Daniil Hunter has been a very good player in years past. He's battled injuries. He's not getting home a ton right now, but still somebody you got to worry about. But here we are making a huge deal about the blitzing, right? Well, it's Ivan Pace as the guy that you need to watch out for at the linebacker spot that is only 5'10". He's not a huge guy. 5'10", 230. Wes, I mean, it's it's not a big dude, but when they send him, he's doing a good job creating some pressure on the quarterback. So that's the matchup, right? Chuba Hubbard picking that up. Are they just going to be able to slide protection to the point where they can account wherever he is? Not a ton of pass rushing snaps, but makes him effective. So that's the one guy that I'm kind of looking out for. If you can hold him in check, the defensive line does not get home. They continue to not get home like they have the first three games. Maybe Bryce Young has enough time to learn from Andy Dalton, start to throw it in those tight windows, even if there's not a lot of separation, which has been the story about these wide receivers. Just let it fly, Bryce. Like, if you can do that. Go on and play. If you throw an interception, it's okay. Just continue to let it fly. Let's get to 200. Let's get to 225. Can we get to 250, right? <laughs> like, that. that's what I think we want to see from Bryce, and we'll feel a lot better about what he does. Yeah, man. And so, uh, this is a game that you don't even want to think about the opposite of what could happen. I mean... You want to be able, hopefully, the offensive line can take advantage of this team as well, not expecting them to come out and look dominant. But if the offense can just give you average play against a defense like this, you got to like the production that could come out of that. Fiddy, how are you uh, feeling after Ellis gave you a shout-out? Because I know that's probably your favorite guest that has ever appeared somewhat frequently on this show. Yeah, no, man, it, uh, it feels good. There's, there's nothing like another grown man telling you he misses the sound of your voice. It just hits different. He brought that to the air, Wes. He definitely did. He, I mean, you uh, thought I wasn't going to? Uh, I don't know. He just brought it up during the break. It was like, okay. I guess yeah. he's bringing it to the airwaves. You like Ellis Williams. That's your guy. <laughs> well, I mean, if you if you remember back to whenever, before you started trying out for the job, and we brought you on as a guest. We. You said it was good to hear from you, man. So it you, was. It was. You were glad to hear my voice. It was, yeah, what's funny, we've talked about this a couple times. When you brought me on, you treated me as if we had never met in our entire life. That's how you treated me on Twitter That for is four not years. true. That is not true. But I, I call in and he says, um, I, I forget what exactly you said, but it was to the format of, 
Hey, are you ready to come on and talk some uh, Charlotte Hornets here with my guys, uh, Colin, or actually just uh, Colin Hoggard? It's like, yeah. Finny, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Stop treating me like a stranger, okay? And I, I should have known then that the the PJ Washington love fest was going to start and that Kelly Oubre hate was going to start. I got to admit something. Uh-huh. I got to admit something. Oh, God. I was going through your Twitter likes the other day. Twitter likes? Yeah. Okay. And I saw you like some uh, negative tweets about Kelly Oubre. The hate oh. is real. I liked to reference charts about <laughs> Kelly Oubre's shot selection and low assist percentage. That's what I liked. Just no slander, just uh-huh. graphs to go and reference. That's what I went mm-hmm. to go like. To go chat. Yeah. It was like 17 straight likes of Kelly Oubre slander. I think it was two or one. <laughs> <laughs> but each of you guys have your guy. Yours is PJ Washington, and Fitties is uh, Kelly Oubre, Big Oubi. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. As always on a Friday, we make sure he's here. And he being Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com, and the Cover 3 podcast. He's back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline to break down a massive weekend in college football coming up and a whole lot more. Chip Patterson, happy Friday, sir. How are you? Happy Friday back at you. You know, I, I, I think we're in a, you know, we're not loving the way the United States started in Ryder Cup, but we do have Ryder Cup. Uh, you know, when we get all this coming together, it's a pretty good sports weekend. Yeah, I, you know what? I was gonna, I was thinking about that this morning, and I was like, I need to bring up the Ryder Cup with Chip. So while we're on it, how are you feeling about it? Um, you know, just get, give me your view going into the weekend. I, it's always really tough for me, for starters, the Ryder Cup just falling in the middle of football season, and especially when it's going to be in Europe because hours of sleep are limited already. And honestly. You know, I was more likely to be staying up for Jacksonville State, Sam Houston, than I was to wake up at 1.30 to watch the very first uh, set of foursomes. But what I understand from Kyle Porter, Patrick McDonald, and some of the ones that have been thinking about nothing but the Ryder Cup for three weeks, uh, the blame is laying at the feet of Captain Zach Johnson, mm-hmm. in particular with the decisions that were made this morning. You know, the one way that you could just take an objective analytical view of it is the pairings are announced. Okay, what do the odds makers say? What does Vegas say? And right off the bat, when those uh, initial you know, Friday morning pairings were released, Vegas looked at him and said, yeah, Europe's the favorite in three out of those four. And then what went wrong was that the one, si- the one group that was favored, they lost two. So, you know, uh, the golf altogether on a shot-by-shot basis, you know, was not uh, awful from what I understand. And that's, I guess, what you're trying to lean on. But man, I, I, it might. I think it's a wrap. Like I think Europe's going to cruise. Yeah. But we're going to go back to look at those pairings, who played, who didn't on Friday morning, uh, as where this might have been decided. Yeah. Not only did the U.S. lose all four matches, never grabbed a lead in any match at all this morning. Just a disastrous start for the U.S. But we'll leave that alone because um, in the contiguous U.S. tomorrow it's Saturday in the fall, which means college football is all the rage. Um, but even tonight, though. We've got uh, you know North Carolina State back in action, and I was talking about this yesterday with some folks. Uh, back-to-back non-Saturday games for NC State, but um, they're banged up. Chip, 
They've been fighting through some injuries. That's something that, you know, uh, Dave Doran talked a lot about last week after the win against Virginia, basically saying, look at all we're dealing with right now. Um, I'm proud of these guys and all the adversity they've dealt with just to get this win out here. But um, tonight, NC State, Louisville, at least it's in Raleigh. But, man, 4-0 Louisville, hell of an opportunity for NC State. What are we thinking about this one? Um, uh, first of all, we need to put shoot, be happy we won on a T-shirt. <laughs> and if you heard the Dave Doran quote, you know he didn't say shoot. He didn't. He said something else. Uh, the the blank be happy we won I think would make a pretty good T-shirt. So I, it's so funny because you and I were talking last Friday, and I said the thing for NC State is that nothing is going to be easy and that there is you know such a high floor for this team, especially because of how that defense, you know they're getting banged up, as you mentioned. They're down to players playing out of position, just trying to piece it together as much as they can. But the offense lacks explosiveness, and that is just going to make it really tough to blow past anybody um, I look at this Louisville matchup in particular, and I do think that there's going to be an opportunity for uh, the Wolfpack to be able to have some success against the Cardinals defense that has been a little bit leaky at times. Jawar Jordan obviously is like one of the big all-purpose monsters that we have in the ACC this season. Uh, but, you know, you're going strength on strength when you're going up against the, the front of that NC State defense in terms of Louisville running the football. That's where I think that the key for the Wolfpack is going to be to make sure that you don't get in a big hole. Because when you are an offense that lacks explosiveness, there's nothing worse than being made one-dimensional by the scoreboard. And if Louisville shows up in a blackout scenario in Carter-Finley Stadium but immediately goes up 14 nothing, well, then you've eliminated the advantage of Carter-Finley Stadium being rowdy on a Friday night. And you've eliminated the advantage of having to guess what NC State is going to do offensively. So this is all, to me, about the first half. If NC State has this thing close at halftime, that's where I think the advantage of Carter Finley at night, you know, the advantage of uh, being able to rely on your defense just a little bit, like that's where it can all come into play in a way that can lead to a bounce-back bounce Wolfpack win. But, man, that first half is important. Yeah, no doubt about it. Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com, the Cover 3 pod. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Um, I'm going to get back to the games in a second, but uh, since Louisville-NC State is tonight, I wanted to hit that, but I have to get your thoughts on the Gene Sapikoff report from two days ago that uh, Clemson's imminent or exit is imminent. Uh, we've had plenty of these conversations, so let's just leave it there. What did you think about the report? Uh, I'm sad. Like, I mean, just to, like, pull down the – like, pull the curtain back. Yeah. And, um, you know, just kind of just be honest with this. As somebody who grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina, who attended the University of North Carolina and c- continues to be living in Raleigh, North Carolina right now with my family, like, I, I'm, I'm sad because the way – I don't know the timeline, but I would not be surprised if all three no votes from the expansion vote – Uh, end up making their way out of the conference. And I initially thought that we would be six years away from that. But what we have learned about Texas and Oklahoma's exit uh, have kind of made me a little bit cynical. Basically, from the standpoint that um, funny accounting in college sports has always been going on, and funny accounting can make some of these exit fees and some of these grant rights and some of these buyouts, they can – they can twist it in ways that don't make it as much of a penalty uh, as long as you've got a backer. And the backers, in this case, would be your media rights partners, which are essentially running the sport. 
And so if it is in the interest of the Big Ten to make its way down into the southeast, then the Big Ten, and by virtue of that, Fox might be able to do some funny accounting so that even with the school having to pay a grant of rights penalty to the ACC, the school doesn't feel that penalty itself. That's kind of what happened with Texas and Oklahoma. You know, ESPN was so interested in, you know, making sure that Texas and Oklahoma would be in the SEC for the 2024 season that, you know, you kind of move this column to that column. And then, you know, this isn't exactly a media rights payment. This is just a signing bonus. And and you put different tags and labels on things and man, all of a sudden money doesn't seem real. And so I come out of that report. Then you get to the report about Clemson and then you just start to look at the bigger picture where um, you've got public nose from Florida State, Clemson, and North Carolina. And that's a little bit unprecedented, certainly in the ACC, but even in college sports as a whole. So, man, I, I don't know the timeline, but uh, I think that the three schools were added in the ACC's expansion. And at some point, I think we will see the three schools that voted no uh, make their way to another conference. Chip, I had two of your friends on the show yesterday, Luke DeCock and uh, Danny Cannell. Both took Notre Dame in Wallace Wade tomorrow to beat Duke in a game that game day will be there for. So I'm looking for somebody to pick Duke in this one. Will it be you? Uh, <laughs> not look. Hey, I'm, I'll, I'll, let me speak to the DJs for you, Kyle. Okay. The play here is under 52 <laughs> because I agree. These are listen. These are two phenomenal defenses, and not just that, but up and down Duke's roster. Grad student, grad student, senior, senior, junior, senior, senior. Look at Notre Dame's defensive depth chart. Grad student, grad student, grad student, grad student, senior, senior, senior. Basically everybody but Notre Dame cornerback Benjamin Morrison, a true sophomore. Everyone else is in their fourth or fifth year of college football. And these defenses um, in this game are going to be the ones that are ruling the day. Like I, I, cho- I see – the potential for a Duke victory, especially with Notre Dame having to deal with a reload the musket kind of situation after the Ohio State loss. I could see Notre Dame also, like it has done in 33 out of 34 regular season games against ACC opponents since 2017, just leaning on Duke for four quarters. Riley Leonard, you know, five touchdowns, four interceptions, less than 200 passing yards, He's really been more of a threat on the ground, but especially in the games against Clemson and Northwestern, nearly 100 yards rushing in, in both of those spots. Riley Leonard is my player to watch, not just because he's the quarterback of the team that is at home and in the underdog, but that he is going to have to get it done with his legs to be able to make things happen against Notre Dame's defense because the regular all playing A and B are not going to work against this veteran-led Notre Dame defense. It's going to be having to make something when things break down. He's done it before. He certainly did it against Clemson. If Riley Leonard can make some things happen, extend drives, and avoid putting Duke's defense in that spot where you're just you know, having to defend against 45 rushing attempts, then, then Duke's going to have a shot. So my best bet is the under 52. Uh, I would take Duke and the points just because if I think it's a low-scoring game, uh, outcomes of three and four points do happen a lot. Uh, Chip, Clemson-Syracuse tomorrow. Uh, it, it's odd that we're coming out of a Clemson-Florida State game where Clemson loses at home in, in excruciating fashion. They dropped to 2-2 two and two on the season. But Clemson fans might actually be feeling better about the team after that one. So what, what version of Clemson do we get this week, especially given their history with Syracuse? 
Yeah, well, I think their history with Syracuse helps. Like, I, I think that it would be more difficult if Clemson had a Georgia Tech or if it had maybe even like a Louisville. But because of the history between these two programs, the how intense these uh, games have been, even with these coaches, I, I think that that helps them be able to snap in, take what was good. And look, Clemson fans are right to be thinking that because the defensive front absolutely feasted on Jordan Travis and Florida State's offensive line. And the offense finally looked like it was getting into rhythm. And, you know, like they played well enough to win that game, obviously, you know, all the way up until a missed 29-yard field goal. So I, I think that we see Clemson with a strong response here. The other piece of that being that while Syracuse is 4-0 on the season, they played Western Michigan, they played Colgate. Good win against Purdue. I don't want to take that away from them, but uh, a little bit one-dimensional. They run Garrett Schrader a lot. They don't have Sean Tucker anymore. So, it, you know, if you're don't, not having a, a big downfield passing attack, um, which, by the way, like anybody who watched Syracuse last year remembers a Rondé Gadsden. Gadsden's out right now, and that's really limiting Syracuse offensively. I think that allows Clemson's defense to tee off a little bit and, and control that game. Chip, last thing, South Carolina, Tennessee on old Rocky Top tomorrow night on SEC Network 730. I think Shane Beamer's team has some real momentum going into this game. I know it's going to be fired up in Neyland. They don't like each other. And South Carolina's offensive line continues to be a bit spotty. But I'm not a Joe Milton believer. Maybe he makes me eat those words tomorrow night, but I'm taking South Carolina on the road. What do you think? Hey, I would, I would rather have Spencer Rattler than Joe Milton. That is for sure. Because, though, like, we need to build a statue uh, for, for Spencer Rattler for what he is doing behind that offensive line. I mean, we need to give him the SEC Coach of the Year or whatever is the most with the least because he is having a phenomenal season while absolutely having to run for his life at times. I, I don't hate that pick at all. I think that um, the problem is Tennessee's defense, one of the things they are doing well is getting after the passer and creating a lot of havoc, sacks, tackles for loss. So it's going to need to be more, uh, more magic from Spencer Rattler, who somebody mentioned this to me, bud. Somebody said Spencer Rattler, uh, based on his play this season, might be playing his way up into the QB3 in that NFL draft picture. That, like, Caleb's one, no one's changing that. Drake May's two, you're probably not changing that. But as you look at like a Michael Penix and as you look at a Bo Nix and all these quarterbacks that are doing all these things that are probably going to get them individual accolades, it might be Spencer Rattler uh, who ends up playing himself back into those same kind of projections that he had coming out of high school.